Just stop it. The run of the mill, cheesy, humdrum bullshit status quo just tires me out. What fascinates me are the industry disruptors, the superhuman frontiersmen or women who go through hell to achieve their goals. Join me as we meet and learn from those mavericks, rebels, and business leaders that aren't afraid to piss off the establishment in order to make radical change for good. Sponsored by Johto PR, the disruptive anti-PR firm that murders your competition with cinder blocks and cyanide. This is Disruption Interruption. Welcome back, everybody, to Disruption Interruption. I'm your host, KJ, and we are here today to talk with someone who has taken the reins of their industry horse and steered it off the lame, tired path to venture into unexplored opportunities that have kicked the dust up on the status quo. Today's guest, although he doesn't look it, has over 30 years of building global brands, regional brands, and startups. He's been featured in Adweek, Forbes Inc., Huffington Post, Entrepreneur, Business Exciter, Insider, whatever. Wow. Countless other blogs and podcasts. He's got over 325 international awards. I don't know how he's done it. He's Google's number one rebranding expert. He's responsible for $3 billion in sales. His name is David Breyer, and his alias disruptor name is Noisemaker. <laughs> Welcome. David, well, you got you. the memo. We're like we're dressed alike today. Absolutely, absolutely. Well I, done. I, I, I didn't tell you. I didn't tell you about the webcam that I had installed. Just no, because. I didn't. <laughs> Fair enough. You know that's okay. Hey, you know it's it's all good. It's all good. All good. All good. So, is all that stuff really true? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, well, actually, there's a couple of things. One is that I've actually been doing this. It represents my 41st year of doing this. So I've been doing this for 41 years. Wow. And, and all, all the rest of it, all the rest of it is true, as well as the the awards. I even have my bobblehead. Let's see, see where my fingers. See that? See the yeah. little, bobblehead right there. <laughs> yes. You have a stupid little bobblehead. Not. You need to, to roll back there and get it. Not to mention. Not to, <laughs> oh my God! Keep this on during the podcast, please. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, here we go. And he's got his own bobblehead. Okay, that's yeah, awesome. Right there. Right there. Okay. <laughs> there he is. He's loving it. He's excited. He's loving. Okay, great. So tell me, David. Yep. Thor's hammer. Like the biggest, most important ingredient to disruption. What is it? The biggest, most important ingredient to disruption. This is gonna. This may surprise you. My answer. Paying attention in the first place. How can you disrupt if you don't even take take a pulse of where the things are at? And that, to me, is the biggest secret. So many companies, CEOs, brands, thought leaders, etc. It's like they're just gonna show up screaming really loud because they figure. <laughs> Screaming loud? Well, that's going to disrupt. Well, what about what if else is already screaming loud? Bozo! It would be my my response to that uh, that person who chose to do that. So it's paying attention first. It's going okay. Take a pulse. Where's stuff at? Right? Because you could disrupt smartly. You could disrupt stupidly. Right? Like not. There's no like we we both know we've been in business long enough. There's no singular activity any singular activity can be done well or not well you know it's like oh i'm a basketball player does that mean i'm good or does that mean i'm bad it doesn't mean anything it means i means i dribble and hopefully and hopefully i dribble voluntarily 
So paying attention in the first place. 100%. You know, I find talking to disruptors that it's the simplest thing that actually is the most profound and it's what people overlook, right? So branding, you would assume, and I assume this in many industries, when I hear what disruptors are doing, I'm like, well, isn't that already being done? In branding, I assume that you're paying attention in the first place, but what's the freaking status quo that's happening right now? Well, the status quo is build, build up your brand. And I'm going to say the status quo is (laughs) as as a a stupid, as a stupid unquestioned uh, cliche, because every day, I would say every day, there's there's another little stupidity that's grandfathered in just because Everyone says it. You got to build your personal brand. Is that true? Sure it is. Does it mean, I mean, I see it, it, it literally shocks me. I ha- there's a, there's a couple, there's some people who are in online. I, I'm just going to leave it very, very, very <laughs> neutral and anonymous who are okay. online. And I'm not talking about Kardashian caliber. I'm talking about, but you know, folks that are business people, entrepreneurs, CEOs who think, taking pictures of themselves where they basically look like sort of a hybrid between a Victoria's Secret uh, advertisement and Sex and the City, that somehow that that's branding and that's building a personal brand. You know what? Tits and ass, while nice, are not, if that's what you want to be known for, is that going to get you the, the business that you, you know, what, what, what's that going to do? That's like, you know, that's like, that's like, like for, like there was someone who introduced me because I was recently I just completed a branding project for someone who's starting a podcast and the brand, the brand evolution we did is a remarkable, but I had to kind of look into this world of branding. And of course you have the Joe Rogans of the world, uh, you know, that cream of the crop, like upper crust. And then I was finding out, oh, well, and this, my client was telling me on oh, this woman, this woman, is like she's got an offer for like, I don't know, $60 million or I don't know, some, some crazy figure to because of her popularity. And I listened to her content. It is nothing more. It's like she swallowed 15 sailors and is now they're all talking through her. It is just F-bombs, no quality, no virtues, no, no value added. It's like, oh, if you just want to hear someone just talk like an actor, well, go to go to your local bar where people are known to get really drunk and just listen. You don't have to, you don't have to log on here. You can just do it for, you know, for no charge, be a fly on the wall. So that's, that's the stuff that I just find. Don't, don't disrupt with the, if you're going to disrupt, you got to know why you're disrupting and you're disrupting because blending in is a lousy option. Because blending in means you don't have much value and you don't have have much distinction. And if you don't have much value or distinction, people will not consider you worth paying for. They will haggle you on price and all this kind of stuff. I mean, people don't haggle me on price anymore because they, you know, I mean, they they say they test it and they see maybe maybe I might have enough money and either they do or they don't. And the bottom line is, is I'm, you know, I'm properly framed at this point. Your brand should properly frame you. We own, must own our own, our own dialogue and narrative. That's the key. Owning your own dialogue and narrative. So what you're telling me is 
it's not just the old adage that people are still trying to do sex cells. It sounds like they're still trying to do that in their 100%, branding. 100%. Really? 100%. 100%. No, I, 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 am sh I, am, I see some of these things and I'm like, like seriously? Even for companies and... and I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it hit into the, into the, um, the, the C-suite. I've seen it definitely hit into the entrepreneur suite, right? Those who are hoping to be like an, a great thought leader and, you know, and or, uh, you know, author, thought leader, entrepreneur, you know, high, you know, higher profile, uh, you know, a right. suit, they want to be shark in the world. Got it. Got it. So they're still, this is so old. Sex sells. No, that is but, so old. Well, yeah, well, it's, you know, we, 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 what do we, what do we know? What's the oldest profession? You know what? It's like, we have that, we have that cliche. <laughs> We're still it, trying to brand that. It's been around. It, keep, it, keep, it keeps on providing dividends. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what about in, with companies? I know that, um, I mean, I've worked with you a long time and I do think that they don't look at the landscape of what is really going on. And they try to brand themselves. They're branding their industry. I mean, it's like white noise, right? 100%. 100%. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're talking about stuff that, that everyone in their industry. I mean, I, I had this conversation with a very high profile client earlier today and we, and, and they said, well, David, we'd like, we'd like to get your assessment on, on this. And I said, well, this looks like every other company in your industry. <laughs> I said, that is happening. Well, I, well, I just said, I just said, I said, it's not that what you're saying is untrue. It's not that what you're saying doesn't provide value, but it sounds and looks like everybody else. It's just, it's, I, I, I carve it out. So they really understand you can have the most brilliant breakthrough ingenious revolution and in any industry has ever seen. But if you are talking the way everyone has been talking. And if you are walking the way everyone's been walking and you look and you smell and you taste just like everybody has. I mean, the one thing that I tell people all the time is you that people will not come to new conclusions with old information. Oh, say that again. That is a mic drop. That, that basically that your, your customers, clients, prospects, they will not come to new conclusions based on old information. So if we're sounding like old information, people's attention spans are so fleeting that they're not going to take the time. Let me just sit and make sure I dissected this well. So I am, I have been really responsible in receiving this communication <laughs> as it was intended. It ain't happening. Bottom line is it's our job to know, okay, people's attentions are fractured. So how do I get something to arrive in the midst of all that? You know where I wish this would happen so much more is with tech companies. I mean, what we is, obviously do a lot of work for tech, tech companies, disruptive startups and so forth. And it is one of the biggest pain points that I find is that they want to sound like everyone else but their technology is so disruptive. There's absolutely no way. How do you take something that's never been done before? And then you have to communicate it because the people judge things based on what they already know. So how do you, what is the disruption here, David? You know, what, I, what I do is I, I'll, I'll always say, I'll always say, let me ask you something. This, and this, this hits them on the pain point. I said, let me ask you something. 
how much time do your salespeople have to spend to actually get people to understand that you're not just pretty much your own version of what they've already seen or heard five, 10 or 20 times previous with your competitors? How much time are you guys actually spending to have to do that? Where all the weight of differentiation is on the shoulders of every salesperson. And then when they go, Mm. And I say, how many times are you having to answer, why should we choose you? How many times are you having to answer, well, that sounds just like X, Y, Z over here. How are you different? How many times are you having to do that? And you realize every one of those things is basically, that is a red flag that you blew it. You didn't take ownership of your story. You didn't take ownership of your differentiation. You didn't take ownership of your narrative. Wow. That really slaps them in the face. Gosh, yep. it makes them responsible. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm surprised you're not crucified for that. <laughs> no, they absolutely, they absolutely love it. That, that's the thing. Yeah. No one, it, it's, it, what actually happens is the opposite of being crucified for it. Actually, what happens is the opposite where they go, where you, you, you can almost hear the internal dialogue. How come no one has told me this before? <laughs> You could practically hear it. You could see. You could. You could see the entire collection of going through their minds. It's like it's like like a near death experience. All the yes people that they had had coming. All the around. rewind. All the all the. It's like oh no yes 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 Paul you're right yes Paul you're right yes yep no you're totally right you're totally you're absolutely right no you have a really good point there you're really good oh you're so insightful you're really right. I'm sorry. I mean I I I call those people out. I say those are assholes who didn't serve anybody. They thought they were covering their ass. And as a result, we're, we're leaving you bare assed. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So when did you say that's effinite? You obviously had a point in your career where you said, I am done with this. The bullshit. Yeah. Um, I think it just started to, I think I started to, I started to see, I, I guess it was a little evolution. I started to see that I was really good at pulling things apart, right? So I was like, good at saying, like, like I would ask, you know, they would say something that they probably have said to five or 10 other people. And I would say, I'm just going to pause you right there. Why is that? Because I was very good at telling the difference between conclusions versus facts. Hmm. You know, conclusions slash opinions versus facts. I was just very good at that. And so I would just go, all right, I just got a conclusion. I don't really give a shit about their conclusions. In fact, I actually will be honest. I say I freaking hate their freaking conclusions. They suck because they're stupid. So much, such a high percentage of the time they serve no one. So I'm like, now hold on a second. So they drop a little, little conclusion thing in the middle of it as though in the midst of a whole bunch of other facts. And I'm like, and I stop right there. I go, boom, hold on, that, why is that? And it pauses them and it makes them, all of a sudden, no one has asked them to think. They've been going on autopilot. They've been being allowed to go on autopilot. They've had people around them who haven't stopped them because they were going on autopilot because whatever reason, because they were the boss, because they were the rainmaker, because they were the top salesperson, because they were the blah, 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 because they were the, they were the son or daughter of XYZ, who gives a shit? So the thing is, I, I and I saw so it. I just was like, "Why?" And when you ask them why, yep, that's a question that makes them have judgment, right? 
Do they just it, fall apart? It, it makes them stop. And see, the one thing that I know is this. And I tell people, all, I said, the bottom line is, is I can tell you the greatest, most ingenious things that will make you millions of dollars. But if you have not inspected it for yourself, it is worthless because it's still my idea. And that's no value to anybody. Yeah. And they're like, they're like, Ooh, that's true. So I'm like, so I'm, I am putting their, their hat on in life. I'm putting their hat on as a, as a, as a business owner or an entrepreneur. And I'm saying, so my question to you, and that's why I'm getting them to inspect. I'm like saying, so how, how is that? And if it's something weird or like some, it's like, well, every one of our salespeople knows that, well, we really don't, or, or, or I'll get something like this. I love this one. Well, we have, we have, we've got 10 different uh, salespeople and they all to use different stuff to close a deal. They all use different stories to close a deal. I said, so in other words, in the eyes of the, of your customers, if I were to go to 10 of your customers right now, I would probably be hearing 10 different brands in the eyes of your customers. And they're like, yeah. And I said, that's a really fucked up place to be. You know, I said, I said, how are that, how the hell are you going to have a narrative? How could you scale on a foundation of where, whatever you want us to be, uh, depending on who we're speaking to be, you know, that literally leaves your salespeople have now become your policymakers for your company. Why? Because they're going to use the closing. They're going to use the line that closes the deal that gets them the commission. A hundred percent. Terrible place to be. A hundred percent. Yes. A hundred percent. So you've worked with a lot of big brands mm -hmm. over your years and a lot of startups and so forth. And, and this has evolved for you. You started to hear these conclusions and you mm -hmm. started to ask why. Mm. Is there a particular time that you just went against the grain in the industry? Like your industry of branding? Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I like like I like I did I did a uh, about three four months ago, I did my first live speaking gig in like 17 months, right? all the craziness and so um i said guys i said you know i i, I said i want to do the biggest lies the biggest lie in branding i want to do i want i want to put the focus on the biggest lie in branding yeah and what i told them was i said the biggest i said the biggest lie in branding is that these cookie cutter solutions these templates and these specialists who are who are like us uh, focused on a specific niche. Well, we, we have a, we have a, we have a food brand that we want to brand. So we should probably get like a food brand specialist. I said, well, um, yeah, that's one way to approach it. I said, but now if you understand that branding is the art of differentiation and not the art of looking like another brand in your category. And I let that sit for a second. So let that settle in. <laughs> right. If you understand that branding is what the art of differentiation and not the art of how do we blend in so we could be seen as one more ver option in the category that we're in, who the hell wants to see us be seen as one, one more option. So I, I saw so at every point I'm, do, I'm give, giving them a little thing to inspect and own. Um, and, and, you know, and, and then it's just, I, that's the thing that I, I love to do. I mean, it's, I, I would sooner ruffle someone's feathers with truth than, than massage their shoulders with, with, with oil of oil of 
lie. <laughs> That's another soundbite too. Ooh, that gives me the creeps. Have you ever really pissed somebody off? Sure. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it, he 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 would not uh, he would not say he was pissed off, but that was just a continuation of his narrative of 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 altering the truth at every at every opportunity. This person kept on trying to you know, kind of, kind of smile and, and convince me how I should work with him. This is earlier, earlier in my career, how I should work with him. Uh, and it was one of those times that I was really was going with my gut. I was like, I didn't like the way this feels like my, my spidey senses were all going tingly. I'm like, Arr. and, uh, and he's trying to convince me of how, you know, how, how just, if we do this one, you know, at, at whatever percentage he wanted of, of my fee, um, so much work, we're going to do so much work together. And for, the, for anyone that's listening, if you are a new entrepreneur, that is a load of shit. Never. It's so true. It. So true. That future work that you're promised, you will die waiting for it. Okay. Just trust me. You will die waiting for it. So what'd you do? Oh, I just was like, uh, I, I, I kept it very, I, I didn't get combative, like to go head to head, which I could have. But I, I was I wasn't I didn't have enough experience in, in industry in business at the time to have that much uh, confidence in my own stand. Mm -hmm. So I was I just basically was like, um, you know, I, I, I basically told what was acceptable. I said, but, you know, I just real I can't fit in the kind of commitment that you really need. You really want. Da, 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 da. He massaged his shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, as I, I, I just, medicine. I, I, yeah, I just, I, I just, I just gave him, I just gave him very gentle pedicure. You know, it's like, yes. hey, I'll, trim, I'll trim your nails for you. you know? How did you disrupt your own brand? Um, I am, I am, a, a, I am a lifelong fan of music. So um, I love great, great music. And I love, I just love terrific movies, you know, really great, great, great forms of entertainment, you know, whether in whatever form in whatever medium, but music, I was always, always a bit of music lover. And so uh, Joe Jackson, who uh, basically he, he came out of the punk era, you know, he was like the Brit, the angry Brit, you know, out of the punk era um, from probably the yeah, late seventies, early eighties. Um, I even ran into him. He was, he was not, he, 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 it was his, he, oh, he had that chip on his shoulder in real life as just as much as he did in his, did in, he really? in his song. Yeah. I mean, cause he's about, he's like about six, four. I mean, he's really freaking tall. He's very skinny and tall. And, and it was like, and I saw him and I was like, Oh my God. And I was like, I was like, I was thinking like stepping out, you know, I'm like thinking of the songs that I loved of his and, and I, and I just and, and I and I stopped and he was talking with somebody and he and he and he obviously looked at me with a little bit of irritability like can't you see I'm talking to someone he had that kind of vibe to it I was like oh god I said I just wanted to say how much of a fan I am and then I got the hell out of there anyway but um, but Joe Jackson had written a book or something like that about the cure of the cure of gravity and I always thought what a fabulous I love the the cure for gravity I like thought what a what a brilliant concept because gravity is like thought of like you who can contest gravity right i mean unless you go to another planet and you have different but it's like this it's this thing that it whatever it says we 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 comply with right what you know if we jump up we're going to go down etc 
But I love the cure of gravity, the cure for gravity. And I thought, what a cool concept. So I got into the factor of like, you know, defying gravity and rising above the noise. I, so I started to make that my own. And that kind of became like a, a, the foundation of, you know, anybody that knows me, you know, they might refer to me as the chief gravity defier, uh, but defying gravity, but rising above the noise resonated with everyone. Um, who the hell wants to add to it? And that's what I always tell people. It's like, look, you have two choices. You're either adding to the noise or you're rising above the noise. What the hell do you want to do? And nobody has ever said, I really just want to add to the noise. Can you teach me how to do that? Can you show me how to do that? No one, zero. No one has ever said that. Tell me about some of the brands that you have really helped rise above the noise because you've been very disruptive in your branding. It's almost as if you take something and you find out what the industry is doing that everybody hates. Mm -hmm. And then you do the polar opposite of that. I don't know if that's your formula, but I've seen that in many of your stories that you've done. Give me, give, give us some of our listeners, some stories. Can I include you have on your brand story? (laughs) Well, I, I just think it's a great one that people go, Oh my God. All right. So here, so here's a, here's an interesting thing. So, so, so Carla Joe, and I were talking and she's like, Hey, David, I need a rebrand. I, you know, it's like, da, 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 need, you know, and so we talk, 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 talk. All right, good. So we decide we're going to, we're going to do this together. And what I, I remember I had, I am always fascinated what I learned because at least 85% of the industries that I go into, I'm, going into for the first time. So I'm having to learn. So I have the wonderful, I have the disadvantage of not knowing about it. So I'm having to learn really quickly, but, but I have the great advantage of having a completely impartial viewpoint. So That's I'm true. not, you know, so there, so, so I find that every, that every client, every client, their knowledge is a double-edged sword. One is it's great in that they, they can answer any question, but it's bad because they're also blind to being, seeing, you know, what's important, what's not important to all these various things. Da, da, da. So what Amen. happens is when you and I spoke and you, and I, and you were starting to share with me the insights and things that you were seeing, I learned from you that PR firms were basically disliked because they provided smoke and mirrors. They, meaning that they overpromised, overinflated their deliverable, underdelivered. And they almost always locked you into a 12 month contract. And, and it's practically, you could practically time it, you know, that you would have like in three or four months and, you know, at, at the point where the client's getting really frustrated, they drop you a little dribble, a, a breadcrumb and you, oh, re- hope starts to be restored and maybe another little micro breadcrumb. And then it's like, and then they, then they, they turn into vapor again for a few months. And so they keep on dribbling and only as it gets closer toward the end, it, it's a dance. I mean, it's practically choreographed to the, to the, to the month. So what happens is I learn this and then I learn what you do. And so for those that aren't familiar, so I learned that Carla Joe comes from the crisis management side of the equation. Now, what does that mean? That means that one, the shit's at the fan. Two, you don't, you, you have to get it right the first time. And two, time is not on your side. You got to get this shit done like so freaking fast. That's a very specific skill. And if you get good at it, you're like a, you're like a freaking PR sniper. But the thing that was amazing Ooh, I like that. was that, was that PR sniper was, was that Carla Joe 
she applied that mentality to everyday PR. Whoa, we're talking game changing. We're talking like, holy shit. So, and so I found that, all right, I'm looking. So I start looking at all these bits and pieces and I'm like, oh, so when you walk in, they already, the elephant in the room is, you know, it's like, who can we tolerate the lead, the, the, the most out of the, out of the, out of the, the, you know, out of all these like evil, uh, you know, candidates. Right. And so is there a way to flip that? Is there a way to, to change that? And looking what everyone said, and they were all very cliche, all, all the competitors are very cliche. And so we came out with the factor of like, basically provided that, that they're going to, that we're going to take a contrarian position. The first, the first presentation slide to their presentation was we hate PR, which immediately melted the ice in the room of like, you know, and, and all of a sudden everyone was like, what, what, what just happened? We took that line that divided your buy your buyers with you. And so you're actually now on the same side of the table saying the industry sucks as it is. And that's why we do what we do. You know, that still is the biggest ice melter today. Still 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's, and that's just like, that's an example. And when I tell people the story, because I do, I do tell this probably, I don't know. I tell it, I tell them when people ask an example of, well, how do you do that? You know, because people just can't believe they're so in the matrix. They just can't see outside. Um, So that's, that's one example. Another example is, I mean, I, I mean, I, I took, I literally took, Zanchmuru came to me and he goes, David, I, I, uh, I'd like you to brand my frozen ice. I'm just like, what? What? You want, to, you want me to brand frozen water? I'm like, so I'm, so I'm sitting there and I'll always, I'll always entertain something until I see that it's just like an impossibility. Wait, this uh, is an ice company. They sell ice. They sell ice, bagged ice, bagged ice, bagged ice. Is that and- still like a legitimate business? It's a, it's a legitimate, it's, it's, it's an industry that generates revenue. Is it a legitimate business? I mean, it's as legitimate. Well, as that's possible. what I mean. An industry that's legitimately <laughs> crazy revenue. So the thing, so the thing is, is I said, is there anything different about your eyes? Is there anything unique? Um, it's no, not really. Da, 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 da. And, and first of all, and I'll just say for the record, it's very funny. I would say, 45% of, of entrepreneurs and business owners, when I ask them, is there anything different about they're like, nah, we're the same as everybody else. And so I have to like start digging and digging and digging. And we always find that there are actually differences. Always. They really say that. They really say that. And so, and so, so he, so this guy's like, eh, not really. I mean, some people, you know, there was some idea or something that someone said that, you know, that maybe it cools faster. I said, cools faster. He goes, yeah. I said, can you get this tested in an independent laboratory with ordinary ice and your ice and let me know if that's true? <clears throat> he goes, sure. So about 10 days later, he, you know, I call him up. He, I said, what do you find out? He goes, our ice actually does cool faster. I said, really? He goes, he goes, yeah, 33% faster. And I'm like, like why? And it was because of the factor that of the shape of their ice, their shape it was cylindrical ice. So it actually had more ice surface. So it actually cooled the drink faster. No. Yes. And so the thing is, is so I find out. So I so so we are so we create ice rounds 
uh, cools 33% faster than traditional ice. And it became the number one selling ice <laughs> nationally that people ask for by name. Do you have ice rounds? They didn't just ask, do you have bagged ice? Do you have ice rounds? So that's the kind of craziness that happens. I mean, I've done that with that. I've done it, done it with, with chocolate. I did it in the security awareness training before security awareness training was a category with no before, mm-hmm. you know, which just recently had their IPO. And so no before human era conquered created that brand. Um, and, you know, and, and the list, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, Anyway, those are just, those are a few that come to mind. I think but the ice story is my favorite because <laughs> I've never heard that one before. Yes. Yeah. Ice rounds. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So what do you see like with the pandemic and the way people are communicating and all of these disruptors that are coming into the market? How do you see things changing or how they need to change in order to up the ante on differentiation and communication between brands. Um, I I think that a lot of brands saw how vulnerable vulnerable they were with with one change, and let let let's let's take the let's take the 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 disastrous uh, aspect away from it. Like oh my god, so many people died. And da, 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 da. Let's take that out of it and just look at what really happened. What really happened was you and I couldn't sit in the same office or restaurant. That's factually all that actually happened business-wise. And when you break it down to that fundamental, you go, wait a second, you're telling me that proximity, that I, my entire business is built on proximity. Well, that's a freaking hell of a, vulnerable business, right? Now, granted, of course, businesses like hospitality with hotels, yeah, they're going to get slayed. But there were still a few who were like very entrepreneurial. There was mm-hmm. one, there was one in, in the Midwest that turned their, they turned the rooms into dining, like basically like little enclosed little dining things for, for a, a couple or, or a family, of, you know, who would like was, was spending time together. So it's like they converted. So they turned it into a special experience. Um, so to me, that's the thing I look at. I go, wait a second. If your business is entirely reliant on whether or not you can ha- be in physical proximity with another person, you, you, you already have a screwed business model, right? <laughs> yes. Cause that is not firm, firm. That is not a foundation that like, what? You're not diversified enough. You know, you're not diversified enough. You need to like, how can it be? How can we do what we're doing and have it be done remotely? And how can we, how can we provide certain things electronically? How can we add more human touch without, you know, I mean, obviously, look, if, if you're, if you were in the massage business, you were screwed. Okay. If you were in, you, you're in the fitness studio, you were screwed. But at the same time, there's a, there's a, a, there's a, a woman who did my, my nine week masterclass and, and she, here's just an example of how this stuff can change. She had seven people. She had a seven person. She was, uh, she was in the, the Hamptons. So she had seven people, uh, in her, in her, her boutique fitness studio. Okay. She, she w- was struggling with it, but she'd been following me for a while, heard about my, my nine week masterclass. And so she says, I'm going to, I'm going to actually 
I love David. I love what he has to say. I always get value out of it. I'm going to do his masterclass. And this, so this is, this was happening the first, the first half of, of 2021. Well, she starts doing it and she realizes she actually was undermining herself. If you were on, if you looked at it casually, you say, oh yeah, you're, you're, you're a fitness studio. Of course you will have been decimated by what happened with COVID, blah, blah, blah. Sure. But she realized that she kind of bought into it and didn't and didn't get ingenious uh, like f- as quickly as she could have. So what happens is, as she's going through my masterclass, she's realizing she was undermining herself. She was going into agreement with what was happening. She was she was buying she was buying the the expectation of okay lawyer expectations. Da, 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 da. Well, during this whole time, she ends up getting rid of all of the employees discovering after she got rid of the employees all of her clients actually loved her her employees were actually a compromise and a dilution of her brand and her value as an expert now she has more income than she was making with the seven people she has more profits than she was making with the seven people she has a waiting list and is turning people away and is increasing her prices all because of what she implemented because now she understands and really gets her brand and is taking ownership of it. So that's, that's the thing that I look at. I always look at if someone's like, I can't, I'm like, bullshit. Bullshit. There always can be someone. Why do I know someone else can come along right now? Well, you said that you can't, someone's going to come over and say, I can. Yep. So branding today and the communications from companies and rising above the noise is really knowing your brand and what makes you, you, because obviously for her, she didn't know. So she, she expanded didn't. in this wrong direction, right? That's what you're That's saying. Right. She didn't, she didn't know. And the bottom line is, is you know what? There's not anybody who is a business owner, a CEO or an entrepreneur. I mean, unless they're like, unless someone is like sort of what I would call sort of a, a career CEO where they don't, where it's not really their business, but they're a hired. That's a, that, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the CEO who has skin in the game, who owns it. I'm talking about the CEO who owns it. I'm talking about the business owner who owns it. I'm talking about the entrepreneur. So, um, you know, it's it's no entrepreneur, business owner, CEO ever got into business who was not a rebel in some way. That's period. so true. So they're they're <laughs> they're already defiant. They already disagree with the system. They already are like they already know and are proud of the fact that that no one could hire them because they just don't fit. Right? <laughs> Right. That's and, right. Amen. Brother so, Ben <laughs> shot a hawk and killed him. <laughs> you know, and so and so the thing is, is you know what? Good. Well, how how much do you need to lean into your rebellious defiance? More than more than you have been. That's the that's the short answer. More that's than the you. short answer. So you have a master class that teaches people the basic foundations of true branding, right? right. give me some nuggets. Give me something for our listeners. Give me a couple of like key datums that you don't have to give away the the farm, but key datums that just blow all of the false data that people hear about branding. Completely. So, so first of all, first of all, um, it's always interesting to orient people when I, when I'm explaining the curriculum, I say, here it is, it's nine weeks. You know, and I say, you're going to get 41 years of knowledge in nine freaking weeks. I'm going to work your 
ass off. I tell them, I said, I'm going to work your freaking ass. You ain't, this is no free ride. And if you're looking for a quick little fix, you came to the wrong place. Okay. And so, you know, so I say, think of this as me teaching you to be a chef. The first four weeks, I'm showing you your knives, your pots, your pans, your style of cooking, how you sear a steak, how you grill this, how you do that, your seasonings, your oils, your different stuff. I don't give you a piece of food until week five. And that piece of food is your brand. That's the first thing I tell them. So they, they like, they really like that analogy because they go, oh, I say, because, and I said, I said, I already know someone in week two is going to go, oh, I'm ready to do this. We're still working on my story. And I'm like, put down the pencil back away from the paper, you know? And so you're not ready yet. It's like, I'll let you know you ain't there. Okay. Um, that's one thing. One thing that blows people's minds is I have a brand relevance scale that I actually put together that blows people's minds because it's, it's literally a scale of relevance. And, and, and there are points that people go, oh yeah, I should be great there. And then they realize, they look over here and they're like, oh shit, I'm only now beginning to breathe. Like they might think that that's the finish line. I'm like, dude, you're just, you're just, you, you can now just, you can now just start breathing. Okay. That's the point below that you're dead already and you don't even know it. And, the, and so that blows their mind. The realizing how many shades of, of, of gray goes down and they're like going, Oh my God, they're always like, Oh, I'm near the bottom. You know, it, so that's, that's very eye opening. Another one that blows their mind. I go over as I do in the, in the brand invention book, I go over that there's three phases to branding. There's pre-sales branding, during the sales branding and post-sales branding. There's three phases. Most companies only deal with two of them. They ignore the third, which is actually where you can make the biggest impact and absolutely cement your loyalty and, 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 and really reduce the amount of lost customers because you're doing it after the transaction. So what is that part of the branding called? Post-sales branding. Post-sales branding. David. Yep. So, so that's, so there's three of them. And here's the other one that is like mind blower. Yep. There are 23 key differentiators and, and most companies are using about three to four. That's in your book, right? Oh, I know that's in the message. <laughs> no, that's that part's not in the book. No, no, because people go, Oh, I know about, you don't know shit. They don't, they just don't get it. <laughs> I have to walk them through so, so detailed. So they really get it. So, but what happens is this, the 23 differentiators apply to each of the three phases. There's 69 different ways that you can actually differentiate. And for the companies that aren't even doing post-sales branding, so that there's already 69 that are gone. And for the others that are actually doing business. So let's say that, let's say that, let's say they each are like, be, let's be generous. And they're just doing five. So they're doing, they're doing, 10 out of a potential uh, 46. Wow. I mean, that, those are just- They're like, they're barely walking. They're probably, they're not even crawling. They're probably just sitting in the crib. If they, they've, 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 got, they've got scraped knees and, and holes in their shoes. They don't, they don't have diamonds on the soles of their feet. They're, they're nope. saying, they don't have diamonds on the soles of their shoes, like Paul Simon so eloquently said. You know, they're more, they're more like, you know, they're more like a- like a, like a, like a bridge. Yeah, they're like a bridge over troubled water. I don't know why I'm getting into this. I don't know why I'm getting into Simon, Simon, Simon and Garfunkel, but there you go. There you go. 
David, what were you like growing up? Like, when did you, have you always been this rebel, like noise, not just a noisemaker, like I'm going to be a different kind of noise. Like, who are you? I was, I was, I was very curious and very interested. I, I, I loved art. I loved, I loved, you know, I loved walking through the streets of New York and smelling the smells and looking at the art and looking at the architecture and watching street performers and artists and creation. I mean, I, I, that I, I just always loved very much. Um, I was certainly a rebel. I routinely got D for conduct in, in class. <laughs> That, that was, that was for sure. Um, and I didn't think of myself as a rebel, but in retrospect, there was a bit, there was definitely, I, I was inquisitive, curious, and I, I did not agree to just go agree. I was like, well, well, why is that? Why is that? Why not that? You know, and not just like, and not just like the little kid that we all go, where, where you, no matter what you say, they go, why? why not that kind of thing. But it was just more like, I was curious. I mean, I was looking. I was looking for spiritual and enlightenment. I was looking to Eastern religions when I was 15 years old. No way. Way. So you know. So I was. I was very curious. I was a very curious individual. So. And did you drive your mother crazy? Oh, my mother and I loved each other. <laughs> I. No, I was. No, I was. I, I was. I was her pride and joy because, you know, because. Um, I, I was, I was like the, the, I reignited, you know, you have to, all right, let, let me give you context. So I, I, I had two brothers, right? And so they were 14 and 15 years older than me. I was the only planned one. You were the only planned one. I was the only planned one. It's like backwards. They were older than you, but you were the only planned one. Well, well, stuff happens. That's right. <laughs> So, you know, so the thing is, so like, oh, oh, you, 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 you put this body part with that body part and that happened. I mean, I literally, I know from my mother's sisters who are no longer with us and my mother's no longer with us. But so, I mean, but the bottom line is, is I know from talking with them, they were like, we didn't know anything about sex. We, we, we I mean, like they, we didn't know anything about sex. I remember, I remember my, I think it was my aunt Anna who told me. And she, she was like, when she got married and her husband kissed her, she goes, am I pregnant? <laughs> they, they were, they were sex, sexual wise. They were illiterate. They didn't know what made what happened. So it was because it was not because my grandparents were first generation immigrants. And from that, from that culture, it was just something you didn't talk about. Hmm. So you were planned. So your brothers were 14 and 15 years older than you and your plan and, and motherhood and so, is just uh, been reignited for your mom in a totally uh, well, new way. Mom is seeing her, her little, her, her little babies are like getting like to the age where they're getting independent. They're, you know, 14, 15 years old. They're not, they, they, they don't need mom as much. They're probably a little more interested in girls and going out and hanging out and playing sports or doing whatever. So she's, and she's getting a little bit like lonely. It's like, shit, I would like a playmate. I'd like someone that I actually can like enjoy life with, you know? Um, and so, because my, cause my, you know, my father was, he was, he was less than optimum as far as, as far as a partner. And so the thing is, let's is leave that, it at that. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. You know? So the thing is, is that she didn't have that camaraderie. There wasn't that, 
creativeness that you enjoy when you're, when you do have a good relationship. And so she was like, well, she, you know, so, so, okay. Let's let, 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 let's see if I, let's see if this will help maybe help bring the family together, you know? And so. I was, and that's I, where your branding started. <laughs> I, I guess so. I guess that was the beginning of my branding career right there. Yes. So what's on the horizon for David Breyer? Like you, you have a masterclass, right? Yeah. I know you're kicking ass on that. And yeah. you're going to tell our listeners where they can find you on that. But what's on the horizon? What's on the horizon is um, there's, there's a lot, a lot, not, not all of which I can disclose, but I will tell you, I will tell you that um, I'm trying to fit in. I, I, I already have the most killer title and forward to my next book, as well as the outline to my next book. Um, I mean, people, I mean, but you know, there's, there's a, there's a part of me that's like, fitting it in schedule is one thing. And then there's like, is like, are people going to dig it as much as they dug brain invention? Because people like really freaking love brain invention. Um, I, I really have a strong hunch that they will because it's, it's kind of like the, it's almost like the human side. It's like the, the brand invention is, uh, is the focuses a lot on brands and branding and how do you brand and this, that, the other. Uh, this is almost like the, the human components of branding. So it's a real interesting, different look. Um, and it's like, it's like really from the heart. This one, this, it's really from the heart. When you, and when you read, when you read, I know when you, I know you love words. When you read the freaking title, your, your head's going to explode. And I don't want it to explode because I love the way your hair is. I okay. love you. So, 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 um, but. So you have a new book coming out. That's yeah. That's, that, that's, that's, that's one thing as well. And just, and just the scope of projects, the scope of projects are big. I anticipate uh, doing, doing some more speaking gigs um, and uh, getting, you know, back into that groove of that as well as, as well as um, there's a lot that's going to be happening in the masterclass in the, in the, in the, it, that's, that's like, that's like, that's on the cusp of like a real freaking tsunami. That's all I can say. Okay. <laughs> okay. So before you tell people where they can find out about your masterclass and you and so forth, tell, give me some pointers of, you know, you need branding when. Totally. So, <clears throat> you know, you need, brand like, you know, you're a redneck when. Right. <laughs> right. So you need, you need branding when people are always nickel and diming you because they don't see value. You need branding when you are losing clients to your competitors because they can, uh, they can underprice you or outsell you. You need branding when nobody remembers your name. They love you. I can't remember the name of your company. You know, you're, just, you're just awesome. You're just great. You're fantastic with people. But no one ever ends up calling because they can never remember your your stupid name or your forgettable name or whatever the hell. And so it's like, I mean, and and to that point, you know, being the music lover that I am, I you know, there's so many I love, you know, I I I love I love discovering new artists and stuff like that. And so I have all these new artists, and then I I, I play play them once or twice, and because they're so bad at branding, 
I've forgotten because my collection of, of, of my music library is so damn big. So I forget what their, what their name is. And then I'll, then I rediscover them like four months later. I'm like, Oh, this guy's this guy or this gal's great. Or, you know, or this band's amazing. And I was like, Oh, I forgot all about them. And I'm like, how bad is that? You can't build a business on, Oh, I forgot about you guys. If you're bit, if so, if you're, if, so if you, so if you hear, Oh, I forgot that you guys, or here's another, here's a great one. I didn't realize that you guys did that. <laughs> or, or, or for those businesses that have been around for a while, like let's say you've been in business for 30 plus years and people that you talk to keep referring to you as, Oh, you're the blah, blah, blah company. And you haven't been doing that for 25 years. And they never, they, you never took them along the journey of your evolution. And they're like, we haven't done that in 25 years. We're in the blah, blah, blah industry, you know? And you last- need to do a whole set of videos on these. <laughs> you know you need branding win. And lastly, and lastly, I'll tell you this. Lastly is when you are married to your, your solution and not married to the actual solution of your customer. And the, the perfect example of that is that's why there's only one stupid blockbuster in Bend, Oregon remaining when, when Netflix took over the world because blockbuster was married to the wrong thing. Or you have a stupid, like I like Radio Shack. Was that the stupidest brand name forever? What value is it? You know, I'm going to get, I'm going to get some expensive stereo equipment. Where are you going to go? Radio Shack. No, it doesn't happen. You know, and their their service sucked. Their brand sucked. They're out of business. Um, or you're ignoring your greatest asset. Why did Toys R Us go out of business? Toys R Us could have turned it into a wonderland where kids go, "Ooh, I can try this stuff." And parents, what will they do? They'll take out their smartphones and they'll capture so and so. And all and you're allowed to do that as long as you tag Toys R Us. It's like Double Tree. I think they do 83,000 warm cookies. They're little chocolate, warm chocolate chip cookies every day. And it's the biggest thing that's talked about their brand that everyone talks about. I just, is Double Tree a great hospitality experience? Not in my, not in my world. No, is but they have a warm chocolate chip cookie. Every time, every time you go, every time you go in and, and thousands of people every day will say, oh, I just ate my freaking warm chocolate chip cookie at Doubletree, you know? And it's like free PR. So the thing is, is like, you know, if so if you don't have those little trigger points as part of your brand, you freaking need branding. If you don't have a hat like this, you need branding. If you don't have your own freaking, you don't have your bobblehead? own freaking bobblehead, you need branding. If you don't have your own freaking coin, Right there, a coin with your own with your own identity on it, just like me. If you don't have that, you need branding. And it's not only that, but it's double-sided. Okay. This sucker's heavy. This is made out of cast bronze. Okay. I think I've covered, I think I've covered all the ways. That- I think you've covered them all. Thank you. So where can people find you? Well, they certainly they would simply go if they have not come across me, go to risingabovethenoise.com. R-I-S-I-N-G, risingabovethenoise.com. And there you can there's you can get my free ebook. You can learn about my, you can learn about my masterclass. You can learn about learn about, about anything you want. I have over 300 articles on branding, but they're not, they're not academic. They are like, hey, here was a so-and-so. I'm not an entrepreneur like you. And here's what their stuff looked like before. Here's what it looks like now. 
here's how we arrived at that point. I show you, I give you examples. You don't get that from other places. I give you examples. I explain to you the thinking behind it. So you become a fly on the wall of the brand, the, the, the gravity defying laboratory. <laughs> and your masterclass. And the masterclass, the bottom line, the, be, the best thing, I'm actually I'm adding one little section to, to our website because we've kind of had that as, as, a, as a separate initiative. But if you've got, if, if the, anybody that's listening is kind of like, hey, I want to know about your masterclass, you DM me, hit me up, hit me up on LinkedIn and say, hey, I heard that amazing, amazing podcast of Carla Joe's. You know, I mean, Carla Joe, not only is she cool, not only is, she, is her hair awesome, not only does she have great listening skills, not only does she like know the right places to laugh and the right places to smile, and not only does she have like, you know, like just general awesomeness in, in her Amazing space, art behind her. An amazing art behind her. It's like she she's also like where I heard that about your masterclass, which I hope that you have spots filled left. And maybe by that time we will. Or if you don't act fast, you may lose out and you may have to wait. But the bottom line is, is it's a masterclass mentorship hybrid. That's the thing that's amazing. You get me for nine weeks. Nine whole weeks. I don't know if I could stand it. You could stand it. You, you, <laughs> you, might, you, might, you might have to give up coffee for after after week. I two. don't know about that. I don't know about that. I'm feeling so buzzed right now. I don't even know that I can handle anymore. (laughs) Get out of the way. And so they can find you on LinkedIn, David Breyer, obviously. Masterclass, they can find you at Rising Above the Noise. Yep. Okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. David, is there anything else you want to end with before we sign off? Anything else you want our listeners to know? Well, first of all, I I think I, I... for those that don't know, I think I think Carla Joe is the bomb. She is like she is, is a is a PR rebel, and she is smoking smoking hot in terms of like her. She was she will set your your freaking company on fire. All you got all you got to do is just like just just give her the kerosene and get the hell out of the way. And so, thank you, David. But <laughs> but, um, but no, I mean that's 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 basically it. And I would just say. You know, if anybody who's listened to, listened to this, who's kind of like, yeah, maybe that was true for them. If you have that little, if you have that little disease called exceptionalitis, like, oh, you're the exception. Let me set it straight for you. You bought it from somebody and that is a load of shit. You're not the exception. Every company, every brand can actually rise above the noise and really be remarkable in its space because ordinary doesn't do shit. Average doesn't do shit. Mediocre doesn't do shit. No one's going to pay you for that. You need to be rather exceptional and rather brilliant. And the bottom line is, is after 41 years, I can tell you for a fact, there's not a single one that I actually have found that wasn't brilliant. They may not have known it. It may have taken me slapping them upside their head a few times for them to go, oh shit, maybe we are kind of awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's there. It's there. Sometimes you need a little bit from the outside to shake it loose, but that's the message I'll leave with you. Nice. Be freaking exceptional. Thank you, David. Thank you, KJ. (laughs) That's it, everybody. Tell people to go disrupt their markets with some tidbit from the show. Thank you for listening to Disruption Interruption Podcast, where we transform lives, change consumer behavior, alter economics, and never accept the status quo. Ciao for now. 
Because we live in a highly litigious society, with America being one of the top litigious countries in the world, here's our legal disclaimer. This information is not intended to be a substitute for professional public relations or legal advice. Do not disregard seeking professional legal, healthcare, or financial advice, or delay seeking professional PR or legal advice because of something you have heard here. Contact an attorney to obtain advice on any particular legal situation or problem. Use of this podcast or our website or any of its social media or email links do not create an agency-client relationship between Joto PR and the user.